Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to the London News Blue. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by World Soccer Shop. Head on over to worldsoccershop.com for the best Chelsea potentially winning the Premier League gear around. Joining me for the very first time ever in London, there's my qualifier, are Dan and Nick. Nick, thoughts on being in London? It doesn't suck. I would say it would be my overall takeaway from the trip. Um, You know, I'm an effervescent, positive person, and that's just kind of, Dan, what I think is an overall assessment of what we've just gone through. Yeah, you're a powder keg. Effervescent is not the word I would typically use to describe. Bubbly? I'm not bubbly. <laughs> I think when you have a prickly beard like that, you really can't go for bubbly as your initial descriptor. I mean, it was a phenomenal time being in London. Obviously, getting to do our now second live podcast together is quite uh, an amazing achievement. Obviously, uh, the logistics of pulling this off in London were a bit more tricky than Minneapolis, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. Obviously, with the match being moved to Monday, we spent all of our time kind of prepping and exploring and doing doing everything. But now it's it's all business before we head to the airport, Dan. 
you know, we're uh, we're on our way back to the United States after a really fantastic time in London, getting a chance to meet up with listeners, getting a chance to meet up with you know the members of the group that we've come over with and some new friends that we have, getting to acquaint ourselves, you know, either for the second or third time or the first time with uh, many of the guests that we've had on the show previously. Yeah, you know, I, I can't say enough of great things about the trip that we've taken. Yeah, absolutely. I think the um, we'll, we'll go through some of our, our recap uh, later on in, in a separate show, but I uh, just wanted to uh, say thanks to my co-hosts for putting up with uh, with me for the last five days. And I think that uh, you know, for for those who were able to come with us, it was a blast. We're doing this show a little bit hungover, I would say, um, which is to be expected, Brandon. I think that when you have some celebratory whiskeys after the match, that uh, the next morning is not the most pleasant. Absolutely. Lots of stuff <laughs> to celebrate. So we're going to go ahead and get on into that stuff here real quick. Uh, you know, just really funny coming at us at Huey98758. Ronnie saying, did you manage to see any sight of Tottenham coming for us? And I can confirm <laughs> we did not. There were there was no pressure being applied this weekend. We did go out and watch the game as one of the first things we did, the Tottenham West Ham game. And that made for a quite enjoyable trip to have that be the part that started off it did i mean when they lost on friday we were all just on pins and needles at at the bar and uh you know we had a dance party going on behind us and we had a real dance party in front of our eyes brandon uh with with tottenham losing and i think that made the whole weekend a little bit more easy to consume for a lot of chelsea fans it did and we are going to dig right into that in a second real quick though uh, we do have some iTunes reviews as always if you leave those uh, those five star shiny reviews in the iTunes store of your choice we will read them out so uh, this week Dan who did we have so we had a couple of really nice pieces here we had JK Caldwell 2004 squint 006 uh, Brandy Nomar AJN 78 and daft puck all giving us some really nice reviews some five-star reviews on the itunes store and uh you know again that allows us to connect with listeners around the globe helps get us you know in front of more faces and in more years and talking about the best team in the premier league so thank you again a five-star itunes review means a shout out from nick or nicholas on the next podcast that's right all right well let's go ahead and do a quick break as we always do to thank our sponsor. And right after that, we will be back with you to review the Middlesbrough match. Here we go. Hey, Dan, um, how was London for you? It was exceptional. Yeah, I think the overall experience that was provided by our, our trip sponsor, XL Tours, was exceptional. We had a great time. Uh, just wanted to give a special shout out to Chris uh, and Charlotte, who are kind of leading up uh, the effort to uh, to bring us over here for the first time as a podcast group. Um, just a, a super job. And uh, just wanted to, to thank XL Tours as a whole for, for making this happen. Yeah, and you know, we had a chance to connect with, obviously, a lot of people within our group. Um, you know, to name just one would be, you know, kind of ill of me. So I'm just going to collectively <laughs> say the group that we came over with right. were fantastic. And, you know, we were just help, trying to find more ways to make getting over here and taking a match at Sanford Bridge for fans that don't live locally an easier type of experience. And, you know, I think XL Tours really helped us make that dream come through reality. And we're definitely thinking about what that looks like, you know, in the next season and beyond. Yeah, we got a lot of your feedback um, when we did our, our mini survey um, for the for the trip. So 
we will uh, we'll take all that and make the best out of it and hopefully see you guys over here soon. Thanks to XL Tours. All right, Chelsea fans, it is time for the match review. We played Middlesbrough at the Premier League. Thankfully, we were at Stamford Bridge. And it was this past Monday, May 8th. In case you missed it, Blues 3, The Borough 0. Dan, lineup time. There were a few scares. Obviously, Antonio Conte talking about N'Golo Conte and David Luiz carrying Knox. Where were we at with this lineup? I'm not going to say that we were worried about N'Golo when we maybe saw him in a red training bib at one point during our trip. Hmm. But we did get to see Courtois, who was on the pitch, healthy. Mm-hmm. We got to see Azpilicueta, Luis, Cahill. Got a chance to see Moses Fabregas, Matic, Alonso. Then the PhD up top, the Pedro Hazard-Diego combo. And so there was uh, no N'Golo for, for Nick, which was uh, which was a little unfortunate because he was sporting uh, quite the wonderful jersey with his name on the back. So uh, really quick, are we talking about the Football Writers Association Player of the Year, N'Golo Conte? Is yeah, that who we're talking about? The individual who has completed the double himself. Okay. I just want to make sure because it's kind of tough sometimes to keep them all all separated. But he literally is um, like five people, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. So Angola uh, Conte obviously missed this match, which was a bummer for uh, every Chelsea fan personally. But uh, I was especially looking forward to seeing him play in person. Um, but uh, in return, Dan, what did we get? We got a uh, a delivery from Santa Claus. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't see uh, Mishi Batshuayi. Um, took some time to call Cesc Fabregas Santa Claus on the pitch, which was quite delightful. He, he really is probably football Twitter's best user right now. Bro, Cesc likes Santa on the pitch with just gif emojis. <laughs> uh, Mishi is a fun character, but he's not wrong, obviously. Uh, Fabregas is quite literally the embodiment of the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, as we look at... Our experience, obviously, being live. There are some differences to watching a match in person compared to on television. And I just, I guess I want to kick it off real quick. I know most of our audience don't get to go to the matches. So, what is something that you picked up on watching it in person that normally you probably wouldn't see, Dan? I think it was exceptional to witness just how much space Seth Fabregas was getting. With the the Borough players not really closing him down, I, I think when you see that on TV, you, you don't really get the depth awareness of how far away. I mean, I think you know you've seen ESPN try that type of thing with the uh, Skycam action, with the you know vertical axis and the horizontal, so it can swipe all over the pitch. You know, something like that. You know, at some point, it would be a really cool thing to see, you know, deployed in you know in football to give you that kind of depth perspective because you, you're really getting a flat picture the majority of the time, and you you can't pick up on that that spatial awareness. And man, Sesk had the had more London real estate to himself than than some uh, that, that people would wish for. I mean, he, he you know he could have rented that out as a flat. <laughs> um. I would say what I noticed in person straight away was Pedro's footwork. I mean, the guy is, is tremendous on the ball. Um, and in person, it was even more impressive uh, than I think I, I could have even realized. So uh, a shout out to him. And I think Brandon and overall uh, kind of point of emphasis is the communication in the back line and how they talk to each other and where, you know, you see him pointing to spots on TV, uh, which is 
you know, you kind of get a sense for that. But then to see them actually communicate with each other, to see Tebow kind of communicate to the back of David Luiz's head, um, kind of where, you know, positionally he wants him to be is pretty special. It's true. Uh, the back line, especially with Cahill back there, they talk nonstop. I mean, they, they don't let anything slip by. They're very much on top of it. One thing that I guess I would say is kind of along those lines is the off-the-ball movement. Obviously, on TV, you only get to see a select part of the screen. Uh, today, we got to see Alonzo tearing up the side, Victor Moses tearing up the side, and that, <clears throat> you know, we don't always get to see where that run starts from or kind of how that, that played, but the vision that especially those two wings back, wing backs have for getting forward is something really special, and that only comes with having played the position all season. So uh, that was very cool. I mean, obviously, the, uh, the local people behind us uh, just having none of it. Anytime Diego was on the floor asking for a foul was, was pretty cool, Nick. Yeah, they, they, I think the local crowd was a little tired of the of the rolling around, Brandon. It was uh, it was not well received. Uh, I think the direct comment that we I I wish my favor was we can't sell him to China if he's hurt. <laughs> yeah, there was some uh, there was some feistiness happening behind us, but it was uh, it was good. We sat we sat right uh, right in front of this uh, delightful kind of older couple who were dialed in the entire time and making you know kind of the same sorts of comments that we were making and uh, i finally got the the older gentleman to you know really lock in on the fist bump dan which was nice at the end he was quite exceptional at it actually yeah Yeah. a A A plus for him five star review good form yep all right well let's see we've got some goals here 23rd minute diego costa found acres of space quite literally inside boro's box and was able to bring down a fabregas assist or or maybe not assist we'll have to see if he can get that overturned here back to being an assist very good that that is what sesk likes to see so before starting the nutmeg party on guzan nick i mean we got to see a fellow american in goal yeah, we saw him in goal. He he was standing there most of the time, and um, it wasn't it wasn't a great night for him personally. I would say that. Uh, I think he'll probably want a, a few of these back. Uh, but that's how it goes. I mean, this this could have been seven nil uh, with the performance that Chelsea put on overall. I think that's worthy to call out. I think some of the finishing was a little off. Uh, Guzan actually did make a couple of decent saves from from outside the box, but. If we were inside the box, it was it was a nutmeg party. Someone on the uh, the Shed End Dallas group actually photoshopped a, a picture of Brad Guzan with instead of a head, it was just a, a jar of ground nutmeg. Um, no, which, what, they, what they really should have done is they should have taken Mr. Peanut uh, from the Planters <laughs> sponsor and put Mr. Peanut's head yeah. on Brad Guzan's body. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, this was a pretty. This was the one of the harder early chances. We had a couple that uh, that didn't go in, but uh, Diego actually converted this, and uh, you know, it was pretty pretty uh, great start to the game. I think kind of calmed the nerves in the stadium. Yep, absolutely. Chelsea were going for it right off the bat. I feel like they knew one goal would pretty much kill off any hope Middlesbrough actually had. Thirty uh, fourth minute, Marcos Alonso. Uh, who had space out wide all day. I mean, literally just did not mark this guy. He came into the box unmarked again and just lashed his shot right through Guzan. And, yep, you guessed it, nutmegged him, Dan. Yeah, Mr. Planter and goal uh, really had a rough day. And, you know, I was probably already thinking about that move to Atlanta and wanting to play (laughs) 
for that side. And because I mean, uh, Braguzan's heading over to MLS, he's going to play for Atlanta United. But Alonso made a, a fantastic run, and he did you know kind of a, a power slide there, and, and just knocked it in right before that ball went out of play. And you know we were kind of at that point, um, you know waiting for something to happen and it was just, again another goal we're jumping up and down we're celebrating and you know Alonso now has six Premier League goals which gives him more than a couple players like a one Paul Pogba huh who knew yeah so uh you know when you think about the summer signings kind of coming good and you, know, you look at the way Luis has played you look at the way Alonso continues to contribute uh and Golo obviously um you know out you know Chelsea strikes more often than not in the positive, not in the negative. And this was another example of that. Just to quickly follow up on this, uh, Marcus Alonso had a chance in the first minute, literally 34 seconds in, that sprayed off of, I think it was Guzan's elbow uh, as he was trying to make the save and and literally hit the corner of, of the bar and out. And I think that everyone in the stadium at that point, 34 seconds in, was like, this is going to be special. Like, that he he had so much room, and I think it, we don't have the heat map up in our script like uh, like normal. But I'm pretty sure he spent more time forward than Diego did in this match. I mean, there were points of the match where Azpilicueta was playing, you know, like as a right midfielder, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Uh, 65th minute, Nemanja Matic absolutely killed this one off after a cheeky little chip into the box. I'm sorry, by Fabregas. So Fabregas had a nice little cheeky chip. Right through the middle of the box. Nemanja Matic on the run, hit him in stride, and put it through Guzan's legs with his weaker right foot, actually, Nick. This wasn't the Thunderbolt that I think we all we all wanted it to be because like, we were at the other end for this goal. Uh, we saw the first two near us, and the other end, we didn't really get the best view. is right in front of the Matthew Hardening stand, but... Um, when the ball is bouncing around from that far out, you kind of understand that it's probably going to go in. And I'm glad he killed it off. I mean, still at 2-0, it's a dangerous lead. At 3-0, uh, the game is over. And, uh, the, you know, for, for the next 25 minutes, essentially, it was just a party at Stanford Bridge. There's no shortage of that. Um, okay, so question one. What did you make of Chelsea's mentality at the start of the match, knowing that Spurs had lost on Friday to West Ham and that Boro kind of had something to play for in the in the sense that they didn't want to get relegated, Dan? Yeah, you know, ultimately, Middlesbrough lose. They go down, relegated, back to the championship after what you can only say is a very unremarkable season for their club. Number of goals scored, you know, twenty six. I mean, I think that's the amount of goals that Chelsea has scored uh, away from home this season. You know, it's terrible, terrible time for their club. Uh, really unfortunate. Um, I mean, I think there was a point at the end where Antonio went over to, to applaud the fans uh, who made the trip up, knowing that they were probably going to lose this game. Uh, so huge credit to them for kind of the atmosphere they put forward. They they put some words, some nice loud chants throughout the evening too. But man, they came out and Chelsea played hungry. They knew that it was six points left. Antonio talked about in the press conference leading up to the match that this was the time to strike. This was the time to continue to set the pace. And this is the time where if we win out the rest of our games, we'll have set the Premier League record for the most wins in a season. And we would be the second highest point total ever after a season where we finished 10th place. And I think this team 
has done something really special and you have to get a chance to witness it in person as a part of this season is unreal. And I think just to, to follow up on that quickly, Dan, the, you know, it was an amazing opportunity to come over and kind of see it in person for the first time for me. And, you know, in, in a title charge season, I mean, if the Crystal Palace match goes the other way um, and, and we end up winning that, you know, we're looking at, at what could potentially have been the clincher last night. But uh, that's OK. We'll take the, the one on on Friday. Uh, I would I really just want to say that I think the prevailing thought with this Premier League season is that this has been a really down year for the league. It's been kind of a, a shit performance year, you know, as far as kind of some high flying football. But Chelsea have stood above everybody else for the, you know, since October, you know, and that's a credit to them. You know, I think the mentality is that we win. Everyone else loses. It doesn't matter. You know, if we win the league by 50 points and they call it a bad Premier League, we still won the title. You know, you get that trophy. So, you know, I think there's there's just a lot of excuse making out there from Spurs fans and from media who want it, it to be a little more competitive than it is. And, you know. Last night was the uh, the gap maker again. I mean, the competition is obviously third through sixth. Um, Leicester's not complaining that it was a down year last year, and it's the kind of the same idea as far as Chelsea go. They're out there putting in the shifts, putting in the points. It's not up to them to like decide how well other teams play. You can only be what's out in front of you, and Chelsea have done uh, an extremely good job doing that. Next kind of idea that I want to I want to look at is Diego Costa is back on the score sheet tonight after getting his 20th Premier League goal. We got to see a full 90 minutes of Diego to well now yesterday. So what did you make of his off the ball contributions and maybe just his overall general style of play since a lot of people like to talk about that Nick. Uh he was involved last night. I mean I think the um, you know, when you look at his position on this on this heat map that Dan has kind of put in, uh, he was in front of Hazard for I think the first time in a few matches. Um, he has been dropping back significantly, yeah. but that's also been in tactically a way to help free up Eden in some of those games where he uh-huh. was getting man marked or he was potentially you know getting fouled a little bit more regularly. I think he maybe got fouled once, twice the entire evening. And again, every Borough player was playing off, trying to just close down lanes, and it, it wasn't working. And Diego was able to get forward, and he was able to move the ball. There were a couple times he moved out to the wing in the second half, which was just you know just interesting to kind of observe. Because, again, you, when you don't see the players at home, you know, you're looking at the player with the ball, not those who are off the ball. But he was engaged in all the plays. He was looking to score. Got one goal in, probably had a chance for another at one point, but he was involved in the the full ninety minutes of this match. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that his contribution, obviously with the goal, is great. Um, you know, we we watched some of the interchange passing between him and Ed Hazard last night with the back heel flicks, and in person, it is it's unbelievable. On TV, you kind of get the the top down approach to it, but just seeing it basically ground level, kind of the predictability of where each other is going to be is super, super impressive. So, uh, yeah, he was definitely a big part of this last night, Brandon. Diego did a great job leading the line. You know, he's also up there by himself a lot of times, so he gets more attention than a lot of other players. He, you know, he got on the goal sheet, and the fact of the matter is that goal kind of came out of nowhere. 
Um, he was literally just sitting on the back shoulder of a defender. He somehow makes eye contact with Fabregas, and they connect. And like I said, it, you know, it wasn't like we got it to the end line or crossing it back. It's just him being aware and knowing where to be uh, within the box. So I think that you know, watching him play, he does drift in and out of matches, but it's part of his style. That way, defenders aren't really always sure where he's at at all times. So that's kind of what I took out of it as well. Well, and, and that Cesc assist for Diego's goal was incredible. And you know, he, he did look a little disappointed initially when the assist was not awarded and he was being interviewed afterwards for his man of the match. But uh, he corrected the announcer when they said it was his 10th assist of the season. He said 11th, and then they went back and said 10th. The, the facial reaction was priceless, oh. but definitely glad it was awarded back to him because that was clearly going to Diego all day for a goal. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, he he knew that that pass was meant for Diego, and if it took a random touch, like, that wasn't the intent of the pass, was to deflect it off of someone else into Diego's path. So, um, and if even if that was the case, he would have meant it and said that because he's good enough to actually pull it off. So, uh, just, to, you know, he had a tremendous performance last night. The man of the match was well-deserved. Boro did the exact thing that they couldn't have done, which is give him time and space in midfield just to ping, 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 ping all over the field. It was, it was magic. So, and the and the fans I think rewarded him with a few magic hat uh, chants during the match, which were uh, well deserved. So speaking obviously of Fabregas, uh, that's kind of what I want to wrap up with question three and just saying he you know got to start after Conte had to pull out of the lineup with his thigh injury. Obviously, Fabregas is a class player, and when he's given time, like you said, Nick, in this match, he was able to just be the engine of this team. Uh, do you think that Conte has any interest in changing formations to get him more time, or will Sesk continue to be limited to maybe a, more of a sub-role next season, Dan? Man, I guess Nick gets the nice ones handed uh, to him. I'll, yeah, I want to take this one. No, I mean... I would love for him to stay next season. I think that he has shown class. I think he shows what it means to be a leader on the pitch and off the pitch. And the fact is he was at Arsenal for a decade, didn't get any silverware, comes back to England and is going to win his second Premier League in in three seasons, which is mind-boggling. So to me, if you want to win... You, you would love to stay, but the issue is, is how much do you want to play? And I think that's going to be the challenge, even with 14, 15 additional games next season when you add in Champions League. You also potentially add in the fact there's going to be international games he needs to play. So, I mean, th- there's going to be a lot of tired legs leading up to the World Cup next season um, and being involved in that. So you, you would hope that he would stay. You'd hope that he would want to continue to play for Conte because Conte has brought out a better version of what says Fabregas was. He's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit more defensively minded sometimes on the pitch, even though they're, you know, tackles in slow-mo. But, you know, Nick, what do you think in terms of stay or go? Um, yeah, I, I think when you look at his position on the field and how this team is assembled next year, we might have a formation change. So that would be, you know, extremely interesting to kind of see where that, you know, goes. But, you know, we were, we were talking to a few people last night, and it's, you know, if you're going to change this lineup, and, you know, N'Golo is our, you know, two times player of the year, I'm sure he'll be 
up for the the fans player of the year as well. Um, who, who do you take out of this team to make room for Sesk? I mean, I I don't know. You know, the the obvious answer is is Maddich, I guess. But uh, you know, for those who are questioning Maddich, I think he's had a second half of the year that's been pretty special as well. Provides a lot of height that we don't typically have, and uh, yeah. So uh, you know, maybe in a a three five two in that advanced role, but. You know, I think people have been comparing him to Pirlo for a long time now, Brandon. And if you have that kind of comparison, he's only 30 years old uh, and he's able to stay fit. He could play for a really long time. Well, the problem with the 3-5-2 is where do you put William Hazard and Pedro? Like maybe you can get Hazard in as a second striker, but now you've lost Pedro because you've yeah. got wingbacks and you've only got three center mids. So I just think with the way that we are able to attack teams, and I know we kind of switched to the 3-4-2-1 or whatnot towards the end of the season, I think it's going to be tough to find a way to fit Fabregas in without having to draw, like bump off a Pedro and you know maybe a Hazard playing out wide so I think that especially if you like everyone's like oh we'll we'll get two new strikers or Costa will stay maybe Lukaku comes well now you've just eliminated potentially Hazard if he doesn't play in the number 10 role so I think that Conte's got a lot of tough decisions to make this summer with and how this goes obviously I think a lot of it will be up to Sesk and saying does he want to stay and try to see and I'm sure they'll have those conversations but I think it's tough to move to a 3-5-2 with how successful our kind of pacey, winger-esque attacking players have been um, just kind of throughout this season for the most part. Even William has been you know, adding in goals and assists here at the end when you need someone sometimes to step in and, and contribute. I think the thing is, though, you, you also look at the fact that so this was the sixth season in a row where says Fabregas has recorded over 10 assists and to have that ability to bring someone in you know who can in a moment's notice or with the right game plan come in and help unlock some really tricky defenses you know uh, you, you saw one or two times Cesar tried to pop a ball forward from the the back right into the box and it's a hard pass to kind of bring in and you know that's something that you know you hope we can work on kind of heading into next season so that there are better distributors across our entire team but but Sesk has a skill set that very very few players have from an ability to distribute and and really have that tactical acumen on the pitch to predict runs and, and engage fully in kind of that offensive assault yeah all right well uh, true or false, watching Chelsea play at Stamford Bridge is worse than watching Chelsea on TV, <laughs> Nick. I mean, I don't want to make you stress too much on this. You know, watching on TV doesn't suck. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to have to go with the big false here, Brandon. Uh, I thought it was it was tremendous being in person. It was tremendous sitting uh, with uh, season ticket holders and, you know, kind of doing the whole pre-match lead up having some beers with with Chidge and Dan Silver and uh, Rick Glanville and uh, I think it's just uh, a way better experience in person come do it obviously beers and pies at halftime yep only at halftime though it's a very quick beer yeah meaty pasties I apologize well uh, Dan obviously true or false I need an answer now I, I can't 
meander my way through a <laughs> wonderful soliloquy and to the point where we lose the initial question? Yep. Okay. Uh, false. Yeah, it's incredible to watch a game at Sanford Bridge, and it's depending upon how the redevelopment goes, you may have a, a larger window to come witness a game here before the current bridge is closed down for renovation. Uh, ultimately, as a fan, you owe it to yourself if you've not been to come and see a game here. Um, and uh, we just thank, obviously, kind of the, the home supporters and you know, everyone who really welcomed us in this trip to you know, make our trip special. Um, and you know, also kind of just you know, to show us you know what it's like to do it you know, every week for the majority of the year. It definitely does not suck to steal Nick's line of the week. Um, <laughs> yeah, the experience of walking through the stalls and, and going into the gate and kind of walking up to your seat and just the atmosphere, it was also pretty unique too because we got to see a night match and there aren't a lot of non-Champions League night matches. And so I think that added a lot to it, you know, playing under the floodlights and everything as well, but uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, sorry, I had to kind of tear ourselves up for that one. Really quick though, Brandon, true or false, <laughs> doing a podcast the day after a match of drinking and uh, match watching yelling chanting is easier than doing it at home after watching it on tv we've had our struggles at home <laughs> but i think if we didn't have to leave so soon we're at such a tight deadline this might be a little more pleasant but you know what we're gonna power through this for everyone and with that we are gonna do any other thoughts or comments in this one before we wrap it up dan anything else that you wanted to touch on i mean maybe about how bored out of his mind tebow was and he was like one shot on target i think he did face the one i was right good. right at him yeah right right into his hands yeah he uh you know it's good i mean obviously he's you know kind of hurt a little bit too so the fact that he was able to kind of have a easier night it's a good thing to see um again i think you know antonio pure class goes over to the borough fans applauds him at the end yep. uh, you you Man, could we have gotten a better manager for this club? I, I, I question the thought if you kind of feel like he's not perfect and you wouldn't want him for the next set of seasons here to, to bring us into a new era. And that would be very odd for our club to go one, two, three seasons without making a shift up top. But, you know, let's let's make sure we get Antonio everything he needs this this summer to continue the push forward not just domestically but internationally nick anything else you want to touch on boro are are very poor in person um they deserve to be relegated with the kind of performance they put in and you know i think that chelsea just had a cakewalk in this match that you know they didn't really pose a threat they didn't really close down space you know we did get to see Patrick Bamford come on and play right wing back, I guess, uh, which was different than playing forward. But uh, overall, they were just very poor. Well, I would like to bring up to the point that short of clinching the title, this was amazing. And the absolute cherry on top was seeing captain leader legend John Terry get a run out in the last bit of this match, obviously coming on for David Luiz. I feel like David Luiz knew it was coming, though, because he made quite an adventurous <laughs> run right before that. Seeing JT just come in, Cahill give him the armband, not ask this time, but saying, you're taking it. 
and the applause that he received from the fans. I mean, we were all standing before he even, like, the ball went out of bounds. I mean, everybody wants this to get wrapped up as soon as possible so that he can get the proper, you know, 90 minutes in the remaining last two matches against Watford and Sunderland. So for me, I mean, really seeing John Terry, a staple of the club, come on over Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I think Conte is showing that he really respects John and everything he's done, and it gave me absolute chills. I I did love the fact that on John Terry's Instagram this morning, he mentioned that Cahill's big muscles had stretched out the armband. Uh, Because if you (laughs) do make a a slight observation, uh, Gary Cahill does maybe a little bit more arm work than uh, one Jonathan Terry. Yeah, gun show show Gary over there, um, (laughs) which is his new nickname. Just gave it to him right now. Uh, yeah, no, I think the JT uh, call out was really good. We also got to see Nat Chalaba come on for a little bit, which I think, you know, this podcast very much enjoys. A little Chalaba. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we had our man in the match poll, and this was controversial for a different reason, Nick. It was. It was controversial. Internally, uh, yeah. amongst the pod. <laughs> so apologies for getting this one out a bit late. We, we had some... Uh, post-match festivities happening uh, as you can probably imagine there was some bourbon imbibed on my part and uh so we got we got this out a little late but um the the choices dan we're gonna go through these one by one i I think we should and just see if people can pick out like where's waldo which one you may have had an influence on yeah you wrote it right on it wait what you you wrote the fact (laughs) right on it that it was my pick for those who didn't see it, we're going to go through it. Um, Sesk, you know, I think a, a very simple choice. Pedro, you know, also good. Marcus Alonso, great pick. And Die- no, not Diego Costo. It's uh, Brad Guzan. <laughs> so tell us, Dan, which one of those four was yours? Well, Mr. Planter himself was the, the pick. But, you know, the funny, funnier thing is, I think, you know, whether for the walls or whether for, you know, the, the actuality of it, Brad Guzan had higher percentage than Pedro. Yeah, I am shocked by that, actually. Uh, I think, does Brad, does Brad Guzan get assists for those um, as they were going in the back of the net for... Just because you get a hand on it doesn't mean you get any positive credit, unfortunately. It was more the legs, I think, we're worried about here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Pedro, or, uh, not Pedro, Sesk, 80% of the vote. He was also the, the team's man of the match. So, uh, easy, easy, easy call. Obviously, as it stands, Chelsea on top and extending their lead. 84 points, Whooped. Tottenham on 77, Liverpool on 70, Man City 69. United not doing the business, not helping me out on my patty power bets at all oh, on killing, 65 they Dan points. Dan and I. Not, you, you went in on Arsenal for one of them. Uh, yeah, but for the most part, I lost all my money on United not being able to put any semblance of a performance together against a True. lackluster Arsenal. Um, Arsenal are the only ones that have only played 34, so they've got a match in hand, and if they win that, they would jump ahead of United. But Jose's even come out and said, I don't care about top four. It's all about getting uh, through the Europa League. It it, it just would be hilarious to watch Bertrand Traore knock Jose Mourinho out of the Europa League in the final there. Just a a wonderful sub Sub story that could happen. A little narrative there. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know some of our United fans are hoping that does not happen, but that would be quite the the narrative shift. Wait, 
our United fans? Do we have a, like a subpopulation of United fans Did that we listen? Get one iTunes review. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, we have an iTunes review from United fan. Well, Those are some United friends too. Friends, definitely friends that we get to poke at. Friends, and, yeah. Um, so yeah, Chelsea obviously just need three more points. That is the magic number from Jake Cohen. The legal eagle who we got to meet Saturday night. Uh, great to meet him. And from here, I expect Chelsea to make it as slow and painful as possible and draw each game just to really twist the <laughs> knife in Tottenham. Uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? That would be miserable. All right, but that'll go ahead and wrap us up. I think we're going to go ahead and do a quick promo for World Soccer Shop. We'll be right back with your social media questions. Here we go. Dan, I think the the prevailing thought right now is that World Soccer Shop's having some incredible sales uh, while we are away, and it's almost as if they planned these for when we were gone. Yeah, it's, uh, again, wrapping up the last bits of the season here, you really want an opportunity to snag one of these last Adidas kits or, you know, some of the memorabilia from this season. You want to head over now. Pretty much everything Chelsea-related has some type of discount on it, and it gives you an opportunity to, you know, maybe get that last John Terry kit. You know, I know we saw a lot of those at the match. That was me. Yeah, it was. That was Mr. Brandon Busby. But... Ultimately, great, great sales right now. Great opportunity to knock it out and uh, go over to worldsoccershop.com and make it happen. Yeah, you could even maybe do a little customization with champions on the back. I'm just throwing it out there for a possibility. Worldsoccershop.com, use a referral link. Boom. All right, social media question time leading us right out of the gate is at Barnabas TGS says, Sesk is magic on TV. How much more magical live? I mean, Nick, we talked about this a little bit, but like, Honestly, the ability for him to drop a, a football in a one-by-one yard of space is truly amazing. Some might say Fabregas magic. He wears a magic hat. About 38,500 people were singing that in unison, <laughs> and it was magical itself. Yeah, if, if he has time and space, Barnabas, he is absolutely incredible to watch, and I think has vision, x-ray vision to see through people and, and wear... Um, where Diego is going to take his run to. He also is always looking forward. Like, yep. passing sideways or back is the absolute last option for Sesk. And he's frustrated when that happens. Uh, he is the second, before it even gets him, he's looking up to see if there's any area to exploit. Uh, next one we've got from at Lewis underscore Holden says, what starting 11 do you want to see for the last two fixtures? If we finish the job on Friday. So obviously, Dan, big if in there. But assuming we've got it all wrapped up, um, I guess what changes, if any, would you make to the starting 11? I would imagine we'd have JT start for David Luis, get him some opportunity to rest that leg, get Nathan Ake in to get him some more run of games at the, the left center back position, uh, bring Chaloba on potentially for Matic to get Maddich a little rest too because he's been playing almost nonstop now. RLC probably. RLC would be the last one. I, I think that, you know, again, you don't want to necessarily like give up these matches and you know, look, Conte's a serial winner. You know, just because the season is, is done, quote unquote, and we have the title in hand, he's not going to like give up points either, especially when there's the record for Premier League wins on the line and there's also you know possibility to have the second highest points total ever in the, the Premier League. So I, I don't expect 
you know, 11 new starting players out of our youth and academy, um, you know, if we win. But I think you can expect to see three to four changes. I could see Bego coming in. Courtois got an injury. That's, uh, yeah. that's another good one, too. Good shout. Well, I think William would start instead of Pedro. I think you know, you're going to see some rest, maybe even see some minutes from Mishi, who, who's who's really to say. But, you know, there's, there's just a lot that can go on. I think they we do have some players that will need a rest ahead of the FA Cup final on the 27th. So to be able to, you know, give them a couple of weeks to recover, you know, without matches, uh, I would be a massive fan of. Even tonight, Pedro and Hazard were the first two off. You were probably thinking ahead to Friday, which Definitely. makes sense. Uh, at Everplayful Wind asks, do you believe the way Antonio is managing Cesc Fabregas as of late is a sign he will move into the 3-5-2 for next season? I think we touched on that quite a bit. I personally think that that's not going to happen, um, but I feel like maybe Dan and Nick are a little more open to the idea. Well, uh, the massive question mark you have is what to do with Pedro and that formation like you said earlier so do you move him to wing back maybe do you you know figure out a way to play him in the hole maybe I mean I don't I don't know I think the you know between N'Golo I mean N'Golo Conte is staying in his spot period so it's just the matter of who's going to be the other two midfielders and if you can make a combination up that includes enough defense and holding play to keep possession and also enough attacking thrusts to score goals, you're a better manager than I. At Nelson Johnson 2 asked, does JT start any of these last few matches? He deserves it, but at the same time, he could see how Conte focusing on development for next season. Dan, again, we've discussed it, but... JT going to get minutes outside of maybe like a late cameo? I think I think he could get the opportunity to sub in to the West Brom game at the end. Very similar to what we saw. I think you do want to manage the, the time that Luis is spending on that leg. And then I think as long as we win on Friday, you'll see him start both the last matches. Because as much as Conte wants to win, I think he also has a respect for just the game of football in general. Yeah, you saw it with the the class he's had all season, the way he speaks about other teams and other players and his players. Yeah, he he just yeah seems to have the one of the biggest hearts you know kind of in the footballing community in the football world. And I think you know he also is very much aware of of the work that John Terry has done both you know on the pitch and then also behind the scenes this year to to help this title come about. At MJ Aaron Eleven asks, what youth player do you think benefits the most from Chelsea winning the league with two games to spare? Uh, that's a pretty interesting question. I mean, Nick, obviously Shalaba came on over Ruben Loftus-Cheek last night. Um, you know, I think he'll keep Diego in because Diego is a guy who has to play, so putting Michi in will unsettle Diego a little bit. But who do you think from the youth players specifically? Zuma, um, Ake? Ake, I think, honestly. I think the the more game time and the more we see him, I think everyone is going to fall in love all over again. I, you know, he's he has some work to do from a from a body standpoint. I think he needs to put on some LBs to compete with, um, you know, some of these bigger strikers. But uh, overall, Ake is a tremendous athlete, a really good passer, and I think has the most benefit. Um, especially if uh, there's no risk in, in losing the title. 
And LBs are, are short for pounds. pounds. Or putting on Sorry. some weight, putting on some muscle. <clears throat> we we learned on this trip how, how many idioms and, and abbreviations that we use uh, in American English. And if you've been following along the entire time, uh, I apologize. And you can also do stones or kilograms. Kilos. Yeah. Weight. He needs to put on weight, Brandon. Let's, muscle. Let's, yeah, muscle. <laughs> I don't know. Fat okay, could be kind of fun. Okay. Uh, add Timothy <laughs> Penny as, uh, well, he says, uh, glad you guys had a blast. What was your favorite part? Who was your favorite person you met? And are you tempted to stay for Friday? <laughs> uh, Nick, walking back to the hotel, I'm pretty sure verbatim, yep. word for word, you said, I don't really want to leave. <laughs> I don't want to leave. I mean, we're <clears throat> we're this close, and a trip up to the Midlands is only, what, a couple-hour train ride? I mean, I, don't believe me. I've been entertaining it in my mind, uh, unfortunately. Work beckons again. But uh, I think the favorite person I met uh, in person was, was Stanford Chidge. I love the fan cast, and it was, you know, after collaborating with them for a couple of years, going on their show, them coming on our show. Uh, great to meet all those guys. I mean, our event on Saturday was awesome and, and getting to meet Simon Johnson again and this Arkansas and all those guys, journalists, friends, uh, was tremendous. It's a long list of people uh-huh. that we were able to meet, even just UK based listeners, uh, even just friendly Scotsmen at the end of the nights. Yep. Um, it, the drunk, list is drunk Scotsman. Yes, very personable. Yeah, I, I think you know it's one of those things, almost like a Oscar acceptance speech, where you know we're going to leave off more <laughs> names than we potentially want, or Brandon's going to start playing us off with some music before we we get them all out. You know, Dan Levine kind of helping us find one of the last spots open in the evening after our event <laughs> to to go have some Food. some mixed grill. Yeah. You know, uh, Liam being there, uh, Fabian who we met from SRF Sports in in France. Um, you know, Tim Rolls being there, yep. uh, the um, Eddie Mack uh, book authors kind of getting some getting there to spend some time with us. Um, everyone from the the trip that joined us. I mean, it, again, it's just crazy to think about the connections and the relationships we have over here now. And it's the cool part is it it feels like family and it feels like every time that, you know, we come back, we're going to have these group of people, um, you know, Andrew, who we met uh, just because he saw it on Instagram that we were at the, the cock Uh, Marv, who took a two hour train ride to kind of help, you know, kind of connect with us here. Um, You know, massive shout out to Chris Axon for driving, you know, over a hundred miles to come up and see us for one night and then drive back. I mean, we, we we can't even begin to go through all the appreciation that is needed for yeah. that Liam event. Toomey kind of hanging out with us too. You know, he he stayed around for dinner late into the evening, and and you know, these people obviously have the the work that they do, the lives that they have, the significant others who you know are wondering why they're you know taking a, a Saturday evening <laughs> out with no football to to go out until you know one or two a.m. in the morning. But we're, we're just and super appreciative and and. I just greatly humbled by you know how much of this kind of connection we've been able to make, and all you know again all the Chelsea fan cast guys were great, uh, Clayton, Chidge, Dan, just really really exceptional. JK. Yeah, JK. Like I said, I mean, yeah. Before we pull something, trying to remember every single person, um, it, it's been fantastic, and you know we aren't just blowing this up because you know we want to give you know thanks to people like this. Truly was uh, far beyond anything we could have ever expected and uh the experience is 
it's truly a, a fantastic opportunity for anyone that can. So if you ever need help, like just let us know. Uh, we'd be more than happy so we can help. But guys, I think that's going to wrap up our social media questions. We're going to do our one last really quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about Chelsea possibly winning the Premier League title. Here we go. Hey, Dan. Uh, I think during the match, we were posting some stuff on Instagram. Could, could you dive in on why you, you might want to follow us? Well, my, my question was going to be is, how much of last night did you remember, Nick? Almost all of it. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad. It was pre-Scotsman, but yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if you <laughs> didn't remember it, um, you could have gone on to Instagram, fired up a little at London Blue Pod account, and sure. you would have had a chance to relive the moments mm. as it happened. And relieve the moments. Um, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was tremendous. We were, I was trying to take as much video as possible while we were in the stadium, just to kind of give you guys the match going experience. I know that Brandon did a lot during the trip on Instagram as well. So, uh, follow us at London Blue Pod on Instagram. Uh, that is where we will be, and that is how you can find us. All right, here we go, Chelsea fans. Gonna do part three as we look at our next match, West Brom in the Premier League, but we're gonna be away at the Hawthorns. Uh, it'll be coming up on this Friday, bit of a short turnaround, uh, May 12th. And the way it looks, guys, is Chelsea have an overwhelming amount of success head to head as of late. You know, the form guide, they just, or West Brom just drew Burnley 2 2. And uh, Dan, that snapped their 800 plus minutes of not scoring a goal. I mean, if anyone looks on vacation right now, it looks like it's West Brom. But Tony Pulis was in the stands allegedly watching. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, just a really weird season where they were at the point cresting forward to, you know, top, I think top seven was the highest that they got in any one point. And you thought maybe. Maybe they were going to make this amazing push to change the future of their club. And as the season progressed, you know, some some striker issues, some midfielder issues really did not help them out. And ultimately, they had uh, some really, really terrible results recently. I mean, five, you know, out of the last five, four losses, uh, losing to Leicester, losing to Watford, you know, teams that... Again, prior prior to the f- second half of the season, you would have thought they might have had an opportunity to win, but they have just not been able to score any goals. I mean, to only score two against Burnley too is a little a little rough. So, I, again, I'm feeling pretty excited about this game. I'm looking forward to it, and I, I think you know, even if Rondon's up front, you know, a combination of Louise, Aspilqueta, and Cahill are, are more than sufficient to to stop that action. Yeah, I mean they're just they are watertight at the back usually. I mean they're they're losing these games by one or you know two goals, but they're just not able to score. So you know when you when you kind of look at the upcoming match, uh, that is uh, should be if if Chelsea can get an early goal, you know the odds that we win are, are you know increased substantially. I would you know I would tell Brandon to go back to Patty Power at halftime and put more money down on uh, on a Chelsea victory. You know, if the game gets into the second half and, you know, it's still nil-nil or, you know, maybe they miraculously nick a goal, then, you know, it could be trouble. But, you know, overall, I think this uh, should be a pretty straightforward ordeal. I think West Brom's best chances are going to come from set pieces. So as long as we can avoid fouling them anywhere literally in our half, we should be all right. It is kind of a surprise run literally for losses in a row before the drop Burnley you know Chelsea 
looks like they're cruising. Beat Bournemouth 3-1. Obviously lost to United 2-0. A lot of reasons why. Uh, 4-2 win over Southampton. 3-0 win over Everton. And obviously a 3-0 should have been 6-0 win over Middlesbrough. So as long as I think we're still going to play the same strong starting lineup. You know, Conte admitted today in his post or yesterday in his post post match press conference that the title's there they just need to go get it and i think this is the first time he's really kind of insinuated and hinted at the fact that yeah chelsea really should be going to get this title i have no doubt he's gonna do it uh conte is gonna make sure that these guys get across the line if 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 we draw or something kind of wonky happens you got Watford turn around the next week. So uh, I don't think we're going to have to worry about that. I think we're going to walk out of uh, the Hawthorns, Dan, with three points. And the engraving can go ahead and start on the trophy. I think it's going to be a wonderful match to be at home to Watford and to watch the trophy celebrations mm-hmm. and to receive a guard of honor. I think that is in my mind, the way the story is going, you know, there's there's not enough of a reason here when you look at the last five games that they had with four being at home and they couldn't even muster a goal there. It's it's not, it doesn't look good for West Brom. Again, they, they have a lot of work to do in this offseason. I mean, Tony, Tony Pulis definitely will, will look to find ways to frustrate Hazard like they did earlier in the season and that was where we had a lot of trouble but if N'Golo Conte is healthy again and able to play a part in this match you know I'm really not worried in any way shape or form I think it's probably I heard one or two people last night say this was the first time that they kind of felt like it was done and uh, you know obviously you know with Tottenham continuing to do the the Spursy things that they do um, and let it happen again there's no reason we shouldn't be champions at uh, at the end of Friday. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think about all of this. Obviously, a ton of information coming at you. Do you think Chelsea are going to wrap it up Friday? Or do you think maybe it's one match too soon? Otherwise, guys, it's it's been a run. It's been a heck of a run. <laughs> it's We've been here since Thursday. We've done a lot. We've seen a lot. Drank a lot. We ate a lot. Ate a lot. We did a lot. And we are absolutely going to break that down in a midweek pod special at some other point. But like we said, you know, it is time to go. We have maximized this trip to the absolute last minutes here before we have to head to the airport and hit our return flight home. But thank you again to every single person that we crossed paths with this week. London, um, the people here are fantastic. We met some amazing people that had fun, whether it was a Tottenham cabbie or a Fulham uh, restaurant manager owner. The people here, um, it was great to kind of be in that football culture nonstop. And I, this is something we want to share with even more people. And to the, the 11 of you that signed up and came with us without really knowing and, and taking that leap of faith, uh, hopefully Hopefully we repaid your faith two times over. But with that being said, gentlemen, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, it's been a whirlwind of an experience. And as we said, as always, Chelsea fans, until next time, keep the blue flag flying high. All right, Chelsea fans, that is a wrap for this week. Don't panic, though, as we'll be back after Chelsea's next match. So to be sure you don't miss it, subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at London Blue Pod. Until next time, Chelsea fans, 
keep the blue flag flying high.